So we're going to turn our attention right now to God's word. As we're in this series, we've been talking about the sunrise family values that have inspired and, and moved us in these last 20 years. Estamos mirando los valores de la familia amanecer. And I want to invite you to get your Bibles out, whether that's on a phone or if you need a Bible, there are tables, there are Bibles on the tables in the back. Hay Biblias detrás en las mesas. And I want you to turn with me to our scripture reading, which is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And now I'm seeing the kids go out, and I need to dismiss them too. Go, kids. Go. You know the drill. Los niños pueden ir a niños en alabanza. Sorry. For some reason, I just feel like I got up an hour earlier this morning. And have you felt... It's just, I don't, I don't understand. But anyway, all right, so take a deep breath, get some more oxygen, Russ. Here we go. Um, our scripture is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 through 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 al 27. As you're looking for it, I just want to put in one more thing, an encouragement. I hope this is not the only time in the week that you are cracking open your Bible. In fact, we're in a project right now to read the scriptures in two years. We're just starting a, a book that can be intimidating called Leviticus, but there was a great video that we've provided that explains the book of Leviticus. Check that out. Read God's word every day. Espero que estén en este proyecto de leer la palabra de Dios todos los días. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's in the New Testament, second part of the Bible. These are words from the early church leader Paul, Inspired by the Holy Spirit, son palabras de Pablo, inspiradas por el Espíritu Santo. And this is what it said. I'll read, it says, I'll read in English first, leo en inglés primero. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. El ojo no puede decirle a la mano no te necesito, ni puede la cabeza decirles a los pies no los necesito. Al contrario, los miembros del cuerpo que parecen más débiles son indispensables, y a los que nos parecen menos honrosos los tratamos con honra especial. Y se les trata con especial modestia a los miembros que nos parecen menos presentables, mientras que los más presentables no requieren trato especial. Así Dios ha dispuesto los miembros de nuestro cuerpo, dando mayor honra a los que menos tenían, a fin de que no haya división en el cuerpo, sino que sus miembros se preocupen por igual unos por otros. Si uno de los miembros sufre, los demás comparten su sufrimiento, y si uno de ellos recibe honor, los demás se alegran con él. Ahora bien, ustedes son el cuerpo de Cristo y cada uno es miembro de ese cuerpo. So, um, when I was 17, I remember very well, I got this random call 
from an adult, and they wanted me to organize a bikeathon. A los 17 años me llamaron para organizar un maratón de bicicleta. And the purpose of this bikeathon was to raise funds and to raise consciousness for a very terrible disease. It's a disease that's still out there. Querían que yo levantara conciencia y fondos para una enfermedad terrible. So, at 17 years of age, I didn't know how to say no. Yo no sabía decir que, que no. So, the only other option was to say yes. So, that's what I did. I said yes. Yo dije sí. And I soon found myself in way over my head. I mean, this is beyond me. But I gave it my best try. Yo di un buen esfuerzo. I, I found another guy at the school that I knew was really into bicycling, and I invited him to kind of participate with me. Invité a otro amigo que era fanático de ciclismo a participar. And then I went out, and I, I, yeah, I got a couple of pledges, okay, a couple of donations. Saqué un par de donativos. Thanks, Mom. I got one from her, and I think it was one other guy or something like that, okay? And then I marked out the course, mapped out the course, puse en un mapa el, el, el curso, and, and then I did it. Lo hice. That's right. Pretty much I did it. That was it. In fact, the day of the bikeathon, uh, it was a very hot, humid August day, something like that. Fue un día muy caluroso, húmedo. And uh, so we got going, and after a couple of laps, the guy who was a bike fanatic got really bored, and he just took off for the open road. He was gone. I don't know, he was going to the next city or something like that. El que era fanático de ciclismo se fue. And there I was, all by myself, for the next three hours, going in circles. Daba vueltas así tres horas. And at the end of it all, what was the result? I gave a maximum effort. I got a minimum return. Do un esfuerzo máximo, pero coseché muy poco. I raised very little funds and very little awareness about this disease. No levanté mucho fondo ni conciencia de la enfermedad. And I ended up the day feeling disappointed. I felt dehydrated, exhausted. I felt like a failure. And definitely I felt very alone. Me sentía uh, agotado y muy solitario. Now I'm telling you that story not because I like trotting out the failures in my life, but I'm telling you that story because I think that illustrates in a way the very opposite of what God wants for his church. Es lo opuesto que Dios quiere para la iglesia. God's intention for his church based on scripture, is what we find articulated in Sunrise Family Value number eight. Lo que Dios quiere es el valor número ocho del amanecer. And that value basically says that the exercise of spiritual gifts in team ministry is essential to the health of the church. El uso de los dones espirituales en equipo es esencial para que la iglesia sea saludable. It is God's intention for us in the church to work together 
as a team. Dios quiere que trabajemos en equipo. And, and his purpose is that we would together go out into our world to raise awareness. Quiere que levantemos la conciencia. He wants us to raise awareness of the, the most terrible sickness of them all that afflicts our, our planet. Él quiere que, que podamos compartir de la enfermedad más terrible de todas. That's sin. Sin has a 100% death rate. And he wants us to raise consciousness of that. Él quiere que levantemos la, la conciencia sobre el pecado. But he also wants us to go out as a team to raise consciousness to the world that there is a cure. Because you see, the death rate is not 100% anymore. It's 99.9999 because one person has overcome sin and overcome death. And that's Jesus. Jesus is the cure. Él quiere que levantemos la conciencia de Jesús que la cura que ha muerto y resucitado por nosotros. But the way that we do that matters. La manera en que lo hacemos es importante. Because you, you see, the Bible tells us that we cannot show Jesus to our world by living and acting like lone rangers. No podemos ser como eh, cristianos llaneros solitarios. The world is not going to see who Jesus really is if we're just out there, each one of us kind of doing our own thing, separate from one another, el mundo no ve a Jesús si, si nos dedicamos a, a lo nuestro solamente. No. God's plan is for us to be together and also to serve together. Quiere que estemos y sirvamos juntos. Now today in our scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find the early church leader Paul here writing to a group of people uh, who we're trying to do this alone. Pablo escribió a un grupo que quería ser solitario. The Corinthian Christians uh, were a group of spiritual show-offs, basically. They liked to boast of their superior uh, spirituality, their superior spiritual capabilities, as if those capabilities were their own. They liked to boast of their, of their spiritual talents and gifts as if those were given to them based on their own merits. Eh, que les gustaba a los corintios actarse de sus dones espirituales como si fueran de ellos solos. And Paul writes them and he's writing to correct them. And basically he says that if you have a gift, if you've been given something from God, it's not because you've earned it. It's not because you've deserved it. It's not because of you, it's because of Jesus. Si tienes don, no es por lo que tú tienes, sino porque lo que Jesús ha hecho. To each one, Paul says earlier in this chapter, has been given a charisma, a grace gift. The plural is charismata. These are grace gifts. In other words, the gifts that you are given are based upon the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. He's died and risen for you and he gives this to you. Tienes un carisma, un don basado en la gracia para, uh, para usar. And the purpose of that is that you would take that gift from Jesus and together with other people in the church, you pool together those supernatural resources that have come from God's Spirit and together you are to show to the world a picture, an image, a portrait of Jesus. Ustedes juntan sus dones para proyectar al mundo una imagen de Jesús. In fact, that picture of Jesus should be so crystal clear, Paul says, what you're showing is the body 
Christ, manifiesan el cuerpo de Cristo. And so basically, uh, Paul says here, everyone has a part. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has a capability that comes by the amazing grace of Jesus just as your body has different parts. Cada uno tiene un carisma como cada cuerpo tiene varios miembros. You can't see the whole body by just looking at one part of the body. And so you can't see all of Jesus just looking at one person. You've got to see the whole thing. Tienes que ver todo el cuerpo. And, and so Paul says what, what that means is that we are supposed to show Jesus to the world. And among other things, in verse 21, he says what that means is that no Christian can say to another Christian, I don't need you. Ningún cristiano puede decirle a otro, no te necesito. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. El ojo no puede decirle a la mano, no te necesito. Without the hand, where do you have hand-eye coordination? It just does not work with just the eye. No puedes coordinar las cosas con solo el ojo. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. La cabeza no puede decirles a los pies, no los necesito. How will the head get anywhere without the feet? The head's going nowhere without the feet. La cabeza no puede moverse sin los pies. So you see, every single part of the body is necessary, Paul's saying. And in fact, even the parts that we call private parts, the parts that are unpresentable, even though we may not be able to show those parts, those parts need to be there or you don't have a healthy body. Aun sin las partes privadas no tienes un cuerpo sano. All the parts have to be there. And it's the same with Jesus, he says. Así con Jesús. In verse 24, he says, God has combined the members of the body. And he's given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there would be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Así Dios ha dispuesto los miembros en nuestro cuerpo dando mayor honra a los que menos tenían a fin de que no haya división en el cuerpo sino que sus miembros se preocupen por igual unos por otros. What he's saying is if you're depending on Jesus who gave his body and his blood for you. To depend upon Jesus does not mean then that you are independent. Si dependes de Jesús, no eres independiente. To depend upon Jesus, part of that means that, that we are interdependent. We're interdependent. Somos interdependientes. And part of what that means is that we must learn how to work together and to allow God to combine our gifts and our efforts and our service to put it all together so that together with our gifts we can show off Jesus to the world. Dios quiere combinar nuestros dones para que luzcamos a Jesús al mundo. That's the vision. And that's the lesson Paul's teaching here, but you know, it's a lesson that he first had to learn. Pablo tuvo que aprender esta lección. In fact, there's a story behind this, I think. If we go to Acts chapter 13, verse 13, we learn about it, Hechos 13, 13. There we find that Paul was on a missionary journey with another man named Barnabas. Pablo y Bernabé están en un viaje misionero. And in verse 13, it says, From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Pamphylia. 
where John left them to return to Jerusalem. Pablo y sus compañeros se hicieron a la mar desde Pafos y llegaron a Perge de Panfilia, donde Juan se separó de ellos y regresó a Jerusalén. So let's get the picture here. Paul and Barnabas and this group of people, they're on this mission trip. Pablo y Bernabé están en esta misión. And somewhere in the middle of it, in this place called Pamphylia, there's this guy named John who bails on them. It's just basically, we don't know what happened, but it seems like John just couldn't handle the stresses and the strains of missionary life, you know, the pressure of being on the road. We don't know exactly what happened, but he had issues, and so he quit. He just abandoned the group. Juan abandonó al grupo, a lo mejor por los estreses y las presiones del viaje misionero. Now fast forward a couple chapters, Acts 15, verse 36, Hechos 15, 36. Sometime later, Paul says to Barnabas, hey, that's a pretty cool mission trip. Let's do another one. Pablo dice a Bernabé, vamos a otro, a otro uh, viaje misionero. So they get ready to go. And in verse 37, it says, Barnabas wanted to take John, who was also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Resulta que Bernabé quería llevar a, con ellos a Juan Marcos, pero a Pablo no le pareció prudente llevarlo porque los había abandonado en Pamphylia y no había seguido con ellos en el trabajo. Basically, basically, uh, you know, Barnabas says, hey, let's take that guy John Mark. And Paul's like, what? Are you kidding me? That guy's a quitter. He left us cold. Este se fue, nos abandonó. I don't need that guy to do God's work, and I'm not going to do it with him. No necesito a este para cumplir con el, la obra de Dios. And it says that Paul and Barnabas then got into an argument. They had such a sharp disagreement that they ended up parting ways. Pablo y Bernabé tuvieron un desacuerdo tan agudo que se separaron. Barnabas says, I'll take John Mark, and see you later, Paul. Paul says, I'll take this guy named Silas, because he's way more with it. And they split. They're divided. Se separaron. Fast forward a little bit more. We go to 2 Timothy chapter 4.11, Timoteo 4.11. And we believe this may be towards the end of Paul's life. In 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul's in prison. Pablo está en la prisión. And he's in a really difficult, dark time of his life. And he says there, only Luke is with me. Solo Lucas está conmigo. And then he says this. Go get Mark, you know, John Mark, and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Recoge a Marcos, Juan Marcos, y tráelo contigo porque me es de ayuda en mi ministerio. Translation, I'm all alone, and I need, I need John Mark. Everybody else has left me. Go get that guy. He won't leave me. Todos me han abandonado. Vete por Juan Marcos, porque él no me abandonará. See, Paul had to learn something. And I think he had at least learned it by the time he wrote to the Corinthian Christians because what he's saying here is that each part of the body is necessary. Cada miembro es necesario. As I've heard it said, there is no appendix in the body of Christ. No useless, unnecessary part of the body. No hay apéndice en el cuerpo de Cristo. 
And the parts, he says, should have equal concern, one for the other. Los miembros deben preocuparse por unos por otros, por igual. And when one part suffers, the whole suffers. Cuando uno sufre, los demás sufren. I know we have people in, our, in this very room who have been caring for loved ones. They've lost a loved one this week. We have others that are going through financial difficulties and others that are, are, are just down because of whatever the circumstances might be. There, there's all kinds of things at any given time. People in the hospital, people have gone through surgeries. And when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. We should have that concern for each other. Debemos preocuparnos unos por otros. Why? 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul says, here's the deal. You are, the you there is plural. So to say it in a southern way, y'all are the body of Christ. Todos ustedes son el cuerpo de Cristo. And each one is a part of it. Y cada uno es miembro de ese cuerpo. What the Bible's telling us is that Jesus Christ is most completely seen in our world not through individuals but through a body his body the church se manifiesta Jesús más no por individuos sino por su cuerpo que es la iglesia and I think that's such an important word for our our day and age because um, it seems like we're living in a day and age uh, at least in Christian circles and I'm, pardon me if I get down from here, we're living in the day and age where we like to put Christians on a pedestal. And, and we have celebrity pastors, and we have celebrity Christian authors, and we have celebrity Christian singers, and we have celebrity Christian athletes, and, and we lift those people up. Celebramos a los famosos cristianos, pastores, autores, cantantes, atletas. Those are our role models. Like they have something special. Like they really know how to show Jesus. I don't know how to show Jesus, but wow, look at that guy. How that person can show Jesus. And what do we do? We elevate those famous celebrity Christians, los elevamos, and, and by putting them high on a pedestal, high up there, we exalt them. And you know what happens? More often than not, when we lift people up apart from the body, away from the rest of the body, what happens when we do that to other Christians? They fall. And they fail. And what happens? Jesus gets a black eye. The message of Jesus is discredited. Mensaje de Jesús es desacreditado. If anyone stands up here, I hope it's because we're given a place, a role, a small window of a part of the body to say, there's Jesus. Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. Don't look at him. Look at Jesus. Don't look at her. Look at Jesus. That's the role of the body. And so... The message of Jesus can only come through when all the parts are working together. When one part of the body is separated from the, from the responsibility and the correction and the support of the rest of the body, the world doesn't get a true picture of Jesus. El mundo no ve a Jesús cuando separamos a las personas del resto del cuerpo. So here's the deal. If you have experienced the amazing grace of Jesus Christ in your life. If you 
have been touched by him, if you have experienced his forgiveness, his healing, you have charisma. Si has experimentado, Señor Jesús, tú tienes carisma. We like to think that, oh, that pastor has charisma, or that author has charisma. No. If you've experienced Jesus in your life, you have charisma. You have a grace gift to share with the body. Tienes un carisma, un don basado en la gracia para compartir con el cuerpo. And God's design then is that we are all called to pool those grace gifts together and to share them with each other and with the world no matter how small or great you may think your gift or ability is. Doesn't matter. It's nothing without the whole. You need Jesus to be shown to the world. And, and so that's our calling. Es this nuestro llamado. Years ago, there was a missionary by the name of Leslie Newbigin who said this, how's the world gonna understand the gospel, the good news of Jesus? How will our modern day and age really see who Jesus is? That the true message, the true power behind it all is a man who has hung on a cross. How's the world gonna see that? ¿Cómo va a ver el mundo a Jesús, un hombre colgado en la cruz por nosotros? Here was his answer. He didn't say, when we write better books and we have better preachers. He said, it's only going to be seen by our world through a community of men and women who actually believe it and live it. That's how the world's going to see Jesus. Solo se ve en una comunidad de hombres y mujeres que creen en ese mensaje de Jesús y lo, lo viven. So what we're talking about, of course, is showing off Jesus together. Es lucir a Jesús juntos. And the way we do that is by using our God-given gifts to serve. And that's one of the things that I've loved about Sunrise over the years is the serving attitude of this church. And I pray that that continues and, and that we always are making opportunities and avenues for people to serve. Queremos que la gente sirva aquí. We must always understand the role of service. This is what um, one of our elders, Cody Rourke, is talking about on Sunday nights in his class. A few months ago, I introduced us to that language of sin, salvation, service. All three are important to understand. Hay que comprender lo que es separación, salvación y servicio. Sin, we were trapped by sin, stuck in sin, imprisoned. Fuimos aprisionados por el pecado. Salvation, Jesus saved us. He rescued us, not because of anything we did, but because of something he did his death and resurrection. Somos salvos por Jesús que, nos, nos dio, que dio su vida por nosotros. And now that Jesus gave us the gift of his body and his blood, we are blessed and gifted by him to serve as a way of saying thanks. We are called to serve the one who gave his body to us. We serve by showing his body to the world. Servimos manifestando el cuerpo de Cristo al mundo. And so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, he says, so what that means is, means is eagerly desire the greater gifts. Ustedes por su parte ambicionen los mejores dones. You should want to have the very best gift from God that you can have and use it to the utmost. Que, que desee los dones de Dios que él tenga para ti. But, he goes on to say, I'm going to show you the most excellent way to do this. Este es el camino más excelente, él dice. And then he spends the whole next chapter talking about serving with love. 
if this is not about love, it's not going to show Jesus. If it's about showing off, if it's about making a name for yourself, it won't show off Jesus. Must be with love. Hay que servir con amor o no se manifiesta Jesús en nuestro mundo. And that's why I think it's so fitting that today we have this amazing opportunity to partner with love in the name of Christ. Isn't that a great name? Love in the name of Christ to go out and share in what we're calling a Love Your Neighbor Sunday. That's a cool name. Vamos a amar a nuestro prójimo. It's not a, ain't we a great church Sunday or, you know, aren't we special Sunday? No, love in the name of Christ. And, and the invitation is for you to be a part of that and to be a part of serving here at Sunrise. You can talk to myself, our elders, Martin, any of our staff. We would love to plug you into places of service. But as we go out today, al salir a compartir hoy en este evento, I want to make it clear we need everyone. If you're called to go, we invite you to go, and we need you. You can do something. Puedes hacer algo. Some of you can drive a pickup. Algunos pueden conducir una camioneta. Others of you, God gave you muscles and other gifts, and you can lift up stuff. That's great. Pueden levantar cosas. Others of you can knock on a door. You know how to do that, and you can smile and greet the people. You can give them information about the church and talk to them about Jesus. Puedes orar por las personas, tocar en su puerta. Others of you can pray for them. Others can pray for the group that's serving. Pueden orar por las personas. You know, here's an idea that I want to throw out. If you go out in a group today, I want to throw out the challenge that after you're done serving, don't just kind of say, well, wasn't that fun? See you next week. How about going out to lunch together? doesn't have to be real expensive. Just go somewhere and get a, get a burger or a taco or something and be together just a little bit more. Les invito a que sirvan, después de servir, a que coman. Maybe one in your group would say, you know what, I know how to organize that. I have a place, it's a perfect place. Hey, we're all going to this place. Everybody can do something. And together we can do way more than we think. Now, I want to tell you a little bit more about my bike-a-thon. Um, towards the end of my, my torture, I mean my service, um, I was exhausted. I stopped for a break, okay? Yo paré, hice una parada al fin de este maratón, casi al fin. And here's the deal. I wasn't real smart. I'd just been drinking pure water, okay? Solo tomaba agua, no Gatorade or anything like that. And I was really getting, I was getting bad. And I didn't know if I could finish this race. As I stopped for a break, there's this guy from my Sunday school class and from my school. His name was, oddly enough, John. Había un muchacho Juan que estaba ahí. John was, uh, you know, probably the least popular guy at our school. Um, not real bright. Uh, kind of, you know, awkward kind of guy. Juan no era muy inteligente, algo torpe. And I can vaguely recall when I stopped, I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to John. I'm exhausted. No quiero hablar con este. But John surprised me. See, John was eating a bag of potato chips. And he offered me some. And me ofreció unos chips. And it was the salt in those chips 
that gave me enough energy to finish the race. I would not have done it without John. La sal me dio fuerza para terminar la carrera. I needed John, even though I didn't think I did. Here's the deal. There are no unimportant people in the body of Christ. You never know how someone else in the body may be just the person you need at some point along the way. Nunca sabes como una persona te puede suplir una necesidad. So let's go and let's show off Jesus together. Vamos a lucir a Jesús juntos. Would you please pray with me? Lord Jesus, um, perhaps there are two ways in which we need to confess our failure today. One is the hero worship that we're so easily sucked into. You're the only hero, Jesus. There's no other hero in the world. Perdónanos, Señor, por haber adorado a los héroes de la fe, y eres tú el único héroe. And perhaps the other thing we need to confess is that we have often failed to recognize that what we have is not because of us, but because of you. You've given us something, not to say, hey, look how cool or special I am, but to say, look how wonderful Jesus is. Nos has dado cosas, no para decir, que tan especial soy yo, sino para decir, que tan especial es Jesús. Lord, I don't know, it would seem to be kind of crazy that a small group of people could leave this building in a few minutes and, and actually do anything for anybody in our city. But we believe you've asked us. And so our simple prayer is that at the end of the day, we could show you off in some way. That would be such a, a privilege. Esperamos de alguna forma mostrarte al mundo. And as we go separate ways this week, would you do the same with us? Even though we're in separate places, we're still one body. We're part of the worldwide body of Jesus Christ. Aún al estar separados esta semana, que tengamos en cuenta que somos parte del, del cuerpo mundial de Cristo. We love you, and we just want to show you the best way we can. Queremos lucirte de la mejor forma. Help us, we pray. In your holy name, Jesus. Amen.